Fantasy Football Power Hour here with us, folks. New music, new digs, new feels, a whole lot of fun. As always, great advice coming from Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. And doing my best over here myself with Wake Up Call DT.com and our fantasy football advice every single Thursday for you. In and out of the season, folks, we have got you covered when it comes to enjoying and having some fun, getting excited for this NFL season, knowing who's good, knowing who to look out for, knowing who we think has tremendous upside, and so on and so forth. That's what Mike and I are here for, to give you consistent fantasy football advice that comes from us researching, knowing the teams, knowing the situations, and going with the things that we believe that you need to know. And if you have any questions about fantasy football, ask away. Because we are almost full on our Florida League. Everybody who's been in the league for, I think it's eight years, nine years, I think this is the ninth season. We are pretty much all back and ready to go with this. I think we could be all back and set and ready to go down in Florida with Mike and I doing that in Central Florida. And then as far as the state of New York, we asked you to sign up for the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge in Central New York. And we have already almost capped out the four leagues. We've asked you to sign up, and we had a ton of you come back within just a couple days. And there's a new email for us. It's fantasyfootballdt at gmail.com. That's fantasyfootballd as in Dan, T as in Thomas, at gmail.com. All you have to do is send us an email there and say, I'm in, and it's as simple as that. We will find you a league and put you into that league. And if you got family and friends, coworkers, and colleagues, let us know. Fantasy Football Power Hour is brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza, the home of all of our drafts and all of our leagues in central and upstate New York. And with that all being said, and all the pleasantries here with you this morning, Mike Sofka is here. He's a little bit under the weather. The man has caught the flu because the cardinal sin of going to work when you are sick. If you're going to work when you're sick, you better be wearing a hazmat suit. But Mike has come down with the flu, but he is a trooper. He is here with us, and he's going to make it happen as he always does. So the flu won't keep him down. The appendix wouldn't keep him down. Nothing keeps this man down, and that's what we love so much about him is that he is a fighter, and we're going to be discussing plenty with the fantasy football world right now. So first and foremost, Mike, thank you for being the fighter that you are. It's my pleasure to be here. And uh, with Mike being being on the broadcast uh, right now, we've done the AFC North, we've done the AFC East, and today it is time to give a fantasy football analysis of the AFC West. Each week, we're going division by division to prepare you for your fantasy draft, giving you four teams in that division and breaking down each one of those teams individually. So we're inside the AFC West, Mike. And let's get started with the Denver Broncos. What are your thoughts on their quarterback opportunity, so to speak, right now? I mean, Denver's still looking for a guy the last couple seasons since Tebow and Peyton Manning. What do you think about the quarterback situation fantasy-wise in Denver? Well, I think they're they're happy with what they got. I think they're happy with, uh, with Case Keenum. I think that this is... Um going to be a new direction for them because for the past couple of years they weren't sure they were a bit uneasy about the quarterback situation and I think that's like one less thing for them to worry about it's one thing that they can put behind them 
I like what they did with the addition of Bradley Chubb on the offense. I mean, on the defense, on uh, on the end position. I think he's going to be able to to shore up the other side of the line for Denver. I think the defense is going to be stellar, but uh, quarterback wise, I think they're okay. I think they're going to be real happy with Case Keenum. I mean, you got a guy who can, at worst case scenario, direct traffic. A guy who can lead the team. A guy who can help everybody elevate their game to the next level. And that's that's what Case Keenum did in the past, and that's what it looks like he, he's going to be tasked with to do here in Denver. Yeah, you know, and, and having Case Keenum, you know, I, I, wanna, I really honestly hope that it wasn't a fluke what he was able to do. I, I think that, you know, what he brought forward in getting Minnesota just one step outside of getting into the Super Bowl and being able to play a Super Bowl at home in the Mercedes-Benz or in the stadium that they have. I'm sorry, I have Atlanta on the mind this morning. But to know what Case Keenum did last season, and then a few seasons before when I saw him in Houston as the third string guy that went in, and I, I just, I had good feels about him back then. So it, he had some good moments in Houston, then he kind of tapered off, then he came back with a surge in Minnesota, and I really, really hope that this is real that this is tangible. I hope that Case Keenum is the quarterback that can be consistently good from season to season. They have Chad Kelly, Jim Kelly's son, on the on the team still. I think that's wonderful. I hope they keep him, not just because he's Jim Kelly's son, but I hope that he is talented and, and more than capable. Paxton Lynch is the only guy left over from the, from the exodus and the changeover that they had. They brought Brock Osweiler there twice. It didn't work either time. So he is gone. Trevor Simeon is in Minnesota. Case Keenum is in Denver. So things feeling a little bit strange, a little bit weird. But I'm really hoping that Case Keenum can get it done. As far as fantasy goes, I'm not going to draft him as my starter, but I will draft him as a backup who could become a starter, depending on how he tackles Denver. Running back situation, Devontae Booker. You and I spoke about him and that he was supposed to step it up. Drafted in the fourth round out of Utah 2016. And, and you thought that he could take over the load. He has gone through ups and downs and has not been consistent. Royce Freeman is on the team right now. So Devontae may never get the opportunity with Royce being drafted in the third round out of Oregon in uh, the 2018 draft this year. They also have D'Angelo Henderson and David Williams. What are your thoughts on this? Because it seems, at least to me, that Royce Freeman is ripe to take this job almost immediately, depending on how camp goes. Yeah, I think so. I think it's his job to lose at this point. I don't think Devontae Booker's been able to, to make things happen when he's had the opportunities. The guy that I think is going to overtake Devontae Booker on that depth chart is D'Angelo Henderson, who looked pretty spry at the end of the year last year when he was given the opportunity. So, I mean... The Broncos want to run the ball. Let's, let's make that clear. You have to have a good run game in order to be successful in the NFL. So he has a chance to be the 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 guy that can make things happen. Now they're saying that Devontae Booker's still up there and that, that he's still going to be competing with Royce Freeman. But I think Royce Freeman is going to be given every opportunity to lose this job. So you know he was a four-year starter at Oregon. You know, 79 receptions, he's a capable receiver, but 
he, he, he's not the strongest receiver. So I think that, uh, you know, he's got to learn to pass blocking. That's the biggest thing that holds up NFL running backs coming into the league is the pass blocking. That's the one thing that impedes them from getting on the field every down. So as long as he picks that up, and I think he will, because if you look at the offense that Oregon ran, Oregon ran a pass-happy offense. So he's got to have some pass blocking skills. So I think Royce Freeman is going to be the guy disappointed in Devontae Booker, but, you know, who knows? You know, there's still a lot of time. That that scenario could change. And look out for D'Angelo Henderson. And what do you think about D'Angelo Henderson? Do you What what kind of, you know, fantasy-wise kind of sits with you on this? I would take a late, late flyer on him possibly to back myself up with Royce Freeman if I picked up a Royce Freeman or if I was in a real deep league. Um, if I'm in a dynasty league, that might be something I would consider as a backup as well. But, you know, I, I, I think that he's on a different level than a Royce Freeman. I, I don't think he's going to be able to compete with that. And I think D'Angelo Henderson, if Royce Freeman wasn't there, could challenge Devontae Booker for the starting job. And, you know, this offseason in some dynasty leagues, I, I made some adjustments to some rosters to make sure I protected myself that way. But at the same time, you know, again, it's just two different. It's it's apples and oranges here. I think Royce Freeman's a different class of running back. Yeah, I think for me, if I'm you know inside of my draft right now in this moment, and we're drafting and and getting this going at at the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, and it's my pick, and I'm fourth round, fifth round, depending on how many running backs have been have been taken. Royce Freeman is somebody that I may get go. You know, I don't want to say go up and get. But I'm going to get him, you know, somewhat earlier potentially because it's ripe for the taking and because of the fact that, you know, he's got Case Keenum. He's got some help. So for me, I think that this is one of those rookies that you take that you can take a chance on and you can feel pretty good about taking a chance on. I have been known to take some chances on rookie running backs and it's paid off dividends for me in the past. So I think Royce Freeman's one of those guys that I'm kind of circling going, okay, you know what? He's on my back burner. I'm thinking about him. And I may have to kind of pull that card depending on how many running backs are taken in those first few rounds of our upcoming draft. Wide receivers, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, they both come back. Cortland Sutton, shout out to Cortland Sutton, who joins Emmanuel Sanders as two Denver Broncos wide receivers that are from SMU, Southern Methodist. Carlos Henderson on the team, Deshaun Hamilton, Jordan Taylor, Isaiah McKenzie, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are the names, and I think Cortland Sutton, boy do I think Cortland Sutton, could be a fantasy steal this year. I think he's I think he is a steal of the NFL draft that they didn't take him in the first round. Yeah, I like Cortland Sutton a lot. I think uh, you know, he's gonna do well. He he scored well on the adjusted explosive index, which is a tool I use to grade rookie wide receivers coming into the league. He finished third on that ranking. And, and, and you know, I think that he's going to get an opportunity to show off his skills. He should be the immediate slot guy. I like Demarius Thomas still. Emmanuel Sanders always seems to make it happen. But, you know, it's going to be that timing. It's going to be the familiarity it's going to be the confidence in the quarterback and the confidence that the quarterback has in those receivers you know a lot of times when a quarterback's throwing a ball to a receiver especially on a deeper pattern that 
that receiver is nowhere near where that ball is going to be caught. And so there's a lot of confidence on both people's part, on the, on Case Keenum, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, on these guys to make sure they're on the same page. A lot of that is timing. And, you know, like right now, they're, they're not really together, but you would think that Case Keenum would organize uh, – you know, uh, unofficial activity where they all happen to show up at the same field at the same time somewhere and decided to throw the ball around. You know, things like that can make the difference, and I I think they will make the difference. I also like the addition of Deshaun Hamilton. You know, there's there's a lot to be said for what's going to happen in Denver. What I'm real concerned with is the the tight end position. Not sure Jake, but Jeff Herman or Troy Fumagalli are the answer there. So we're going to have to wait and see there. That may be more of a blocking situation. They may lean away from that passing to the tight end, but who knows, maybe something can develop there. But look out for Demarius Thomas to put up Demarius Thomas-like numbers. But it's going to take some time. I got him ranked number 20 overall as the number one receiver for Denver, and I got Emmanuel Sanders ranked number 34 overall as receiver for the Denver Broncos and Cortland Sutton's a little further down than that just because it's hard to rely on a rookie receiver in this league, especially, you know, with a with a quarterback like Case Keenum. So I don't know that, you know, he's gonna have an immediate impact long term, dynasty wise. Cortland Sutton's gonna pay off in the long run, but you know, you just gotta be patient. The average uh turn or the average uh time frame for a receiver to really really pick it up in the NFL is at that three-year mark. Rarely do you see guys pick it up much before that, a la a Randy Moss. But um, So look out for some of the norm. I'm concerned about their schedule this year in Denver. I'm concerned that they're not going to end up as well as people think they will. Um, you know, they, they ended up dead last, finished last year in the AFC West. You know, they went on an eight-game losing streak in the middle of the season after they started three and one. But, you know, Case Keenum came off that season no one saw coming. And, uh, you know, I know he's a 30-year-old quarterback, but quarterbacks can play when they're a little bit older. Look at Tom Brady. So, you know, hopefully they'll be able to turn this around. But I don't look for more than a 500 season from Denver this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be an interesting season for for a team that is really trying to find their leadership. I mean, they're looking for a new quarterback to take the reins and a new running back to take the reins because Devontae Booker's never officially done it. Henderson hasn't done it. And Freeman, he's a rookie. Now, in the wide receiver realm, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, they're there. They're vets. They should be one of the best one-two punches in the receiving core, but because they've had so much inconsistency at quarterback from Simeon to Lynch to Osweiler, this has been a fantasy up and down roller coaster for people. You draft Demarius Thomas. Your expectation is that no matter what, he's going to get you 100 yards. No matter what, he's going to get you a touchdown. But that hasn't been the case. Emmanuel Sanders has had to deal with not being as healthy, and I hope that he will be and stays that way. But this is this is a team with two wide receivers whose names on paper make you want to draft them, and they will be drafted, and Demarius Thomas will be drafted high. He is a guy that will go in your second or third round. He will probably definitely be gone in your second round, more than likely depending on how deep the draft is for you, how many players that you have, how many uh, commissioner or not commissioners, how many fantasy owners you have, essentially. But Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders 
have unfortunately been fantasy duds, dare I say it, sometimes last season and in recent history here in the NFL because, 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 because they've gone stud to dud, dud to stud because of the quarterback situation. So if Case Keenum can figure this out, and if Royce Freeman or whoever can make it work in the rushing attack, which Denver used to be known for, then Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders will get back to that upper echelon, and you will feel better about drafting them. Now, to Cortland Sutton, he's going to be a guy who's going to be forgotten. He's going to sink. He's going to dip to the middle of your draft. Pick him up. Give him an opportunity. Give him a chance. This man's hands are amazing. Everybody says Odell Beckham Jr., one-handed catch. What does he do? One or two of those? One a season? Two a season? Cortland Sutton's doing these things all the damn time. And Cortland Sutton is not a head case up to this point, like Odell Beckham Jr. allegedly has been in moments, and like we've seen his antics and whatnot. So, if Case Keenum can do what he needs to do and can feed off of what he did with Minnesota and show that it wasn't a one-hit wonder, then Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and Cortland Sutton are all draftable commodities for you inside of your draft. Demarius will go early and will go high. Emmanuel Sanders will go some point within those first four rounds, and Cortland Sutton might sink to the middle of your draft, and that's okay. Pick him up, throw him on your roster, and let him go to work and do his job. I know he's a rookie. We don't know everything that the rookie is going to do because a rookie is a rookie is a rookie. However, he is a rookie whose hands will make you feel good if you need a catch late in a game if they give him the time. Moving on in the AFC West in our analysis in the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, and of course myself, Dan Tatora of WakeUpCallDT.com. And here with you every Monday through Friday on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Philip Rivers, Geno Smith, Cardell Jones. Cardell made his hay being a third string guy that got it done at Ohio State. Geno Smith should still, in my opinion, maybe try being a wide receiver. I just don't see him as a, as a quarterback in the NFL. And Philip Rivers, well, he's outlasted Tony Romo, but his game is very much Tony Romo. The numbers look good, but the team doesn't go that far. In fantasy, it doesn't matter because you don't need them to go to the playoffs. Thoughts on the quarterback situation in L.A. for the Chargers? Yeah, well, it's going to be Philip Rivers. I mean, he's he's the consummate professional there. He's the steady Eddie. He's the guy that continues to put up numbers for them. You know, I, I, I don't think a Cardell Jones, I don't think a Geno Smith is going to be any threat to, to his playing time. What I would be real concerned with is the lack of a tight end. You know, Antonio Gates goes down. You know, everybody's still standing around looking at each other like, now what? And you know what? I don't think Virgil Green's the answer. I don't think Sean McGrath's the answer. You know, they're probably going to bring in somebody. Maybe somebody will get cut somewhere. You know, usually things don't fall into your lap that way, though. So, you know, they're going to have to suck it up. They're going to have to figure it out. You know, Keenan Allen is going to be great. You know, the running game is going to be strong. But, you know, Phillip Rivers is going to be the guy. He's going to continue to be the guy. He makes plays with his legs. He seems to be the guy that makes things happen when you think they're not going to happen. He's a bottom-end QB1 for me. You know, you could draft him. You know, he's the number 10 
uh, quarterback on my list this year in redraft league. So I think you can feel confident in Philip Rivers and Eric Odie to march the ball down the field. I think they're going to have a pretty good season after two down years. They seem to crawl out of the AFC sour to finish uh, second last year. And, you know, they really didn't have many contributions from their rookies last year either. So I think they shored up some positions on defense. I think overall that's going to help Phillip Rivers because they're not going to be in a situation where, you know, they don't have somebody on the other side of the ball and the defense isn't on the field the whole game, et cetera. So I like Phillip Rivers a lot. I think you're going to get some value out of him as a bottom-end QB1. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree with you, bottom-end quarterback one for Phillip Rivers. I mean, he he puts numbers up. He gets yardage, so it's helpful. But, you know, it, it's the more it's more of the issue on the wide receivers and the inconsistency of play there. But Phillip Rivers, as far as bringing you some numbers, he will help you out. He's not the dominant guy. He's not the most attractive pick that I would go after. He's definitely not somebody that I would go goo-goo-gaga about if he's on my roster. But he's serviceable. He gets the job done. Running backs, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. Austin stepped up out of Western State in Colorado as an undrafted free agent in 2017. And it gave them the opportunity. They parted. I mean, this is a team that had Darren Sproles, who was a short, scrappy guy. And, you know, they, they've had opportunities with a bunch of different guys in recent history, but they've let them go. They've said, go ahead, move on, move forward. And now Austin Eckler's the next guy. He's five foot nine, and he's the next one to help out Melvin Gordon. What are your thoughts about the running back situation? I like Melvin Gordon a lot. I think Melvin Gordon's an outstanding athlete. I think he's uh, a very good running back in the NFL. I got him ranked ninth overall uh, as far as running backs go on redrafts. I think even in Dynasty, you'll be in a good position with Melvin Gordon. I think he's a guy that can catch the ball. I think he's a guy that can make things happen in space. He can run the ball up the middle. You know, when he first came in the league, he had a rough go of it. He had a lot of expectations on him. And then, you know, the last year he ended up, uh, you know, ended up getting together with uh, Adrian Peterson and working out with him. And this is a, a guy who really learned a lot. He's not afraid to ask questions. He's not afraid to do what it takes to get things done in the offseason either. So I like that and respect that a lot in Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler should see some spot time, should see some passing downs. You know, not a bad guy to have on your roster just in case something happens to Melvin, Melvin Gordon. But I don't know if I'd waste the roster space there, you know, really and truly. Melvin Gordon's really the one-man show there for the Chargers. Yeah, so uh, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, I mean, this is a guy on the waiver wire. If you need somebody and someone goes down during your season and it's a last minute, you got a couple minutes before the game is about to start type of scenario. Melvin Gordon, to me, is uh, – you know, he, he is. He's a top four guy when it comes to what he's capable of doing. He is someone that you should draft high. He is somebody who has shown that he is durable, for, you know, for the most part. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do this season. I don't think you can go wrong with Melvin Gordon. He's the best player on the team, in my opinion, for the Chargers. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, Tyrell Williams, Jeremy Davis, Artavis Scott, so on and so forth. Dare I ask you, Mr. Mike Sofka, about who you should choose in fantasy of these guys when 
Mike Williams has good days. Travis Benjamin has good days. Keenan Allen, I guess, is the most consistent by far. Tyrell Williams has some good days, but it's really hard to find, outside of Keenan Allen, another guy that you can lean on in fantasy from the Chargers at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting some points in, in a dynasty league or something for returns, you know, Travis Benjamin's always been a guy that's stood up there. A Tyrell Williams may surprise you. I think Mike Williams needs to show up this year. I think, uh, you know, year two, you know, the, the, the jitters are off. The, the you know, You're no longer a rookie. This is time to get up and go. So, you know, a lot's going to be told about their season by how well or how not so well Mike Williams does, but Keenan Allen is surely the class of that group. I got him the number seven wide receiver in redraft. This is a guy who, you know, a couple years ago seemingly came out of nowhere and became the number one receiver. So I think this is a guy you can count on as your number one receiver. Um, I think this is a guy who can, you know, take your team a long way fantasy-wise, and he's going to take the Chargers a long way. He's going to be the leader of the receiving core. He's going to lead by example like he's done for Mike Williams and, and for Tyrell Williams. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, outside of the, the tight end position, when Hunter Henry went down with that ACL, you could see it in everybody's eyes. That was it. They're like, now what? We just told, you know, Antonio Gates we were done with him. And now there's some rumor that they may be, you know, trying to bring Antonio Gates back for some spot duty. I think he's like 150 years old, but he can still get the job done. You know, there's still some time for them to fill that spot. There's still a couple months to go, so maybe something will come up. Maybe something will happen to bring some relief there to the tight end position. But again, as far as the wide receivers, you can't go wrong with Keenan Allen. He's definitely a wide receiver one on your team. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. I think I think he's a lower end one because of the fact of you know his consistency and also in recent time you know staying healthy and whatnot. But he's not a bad pickup. He's a low end one for me. Keenan Allen. Everybody else is up in the air. I mean, I said it going in. I'm saying it coming out of the conversation about the Chargers. It is definitely an up in the air scenario. I don't I don't lean on any of these guys to be the guy. So, you know, Keenan Allen, we shall see what he could do. I think he's a, he's draftable, obviously higher than the rest of them, but Travis Benjamin let me down. Tyrell, well, I should say Tyrell Williams let me down. Benjamin's been letting down for a while. He was drafted and went to Cleveland first. And Mike Williams, he was injured, then he came back, and, you know, he was okay. So, it's where we sit right now. How about the tight end position, Mike? Virgil Green and Sean Culkin, Hunter Henry in May of this year, tore his ACL, so the guy that's supposed to be the guy is not the guy, and then they let Antonio Gates go on his 81st birthday, so for the first time in a long time, the Chargers don't have a guy that's got big upside at the tight end position. Yeah, they're going to have to do some soul searching here, they're going to have to find somebody, Virgil Green's going to have to become a pass-catching machine, or they're going to have to have luck on their side, somebody's going to have to fall to them. Or I know there's talks that, you know, Antonio Gates was still interested in playing and the Chargers had told him not so much. And then right after that, Hunter Henry tore his ACL. So, you know, they may go back hat in hand uh, to Antonio Gates and, you know, try to make something happen there. I think there's enough talent around around the league that, you know, they may pick up somebody else down the road. But 
I don't think he can count on that. So I think Virgil Green might be the answer. McGrath may be the answer. You just have to wait and see what develops. I don't even know that preseason is going to be much of a tell for that because I'm not sure they want to give much away. But they are going to have to look at some guys and they are going to have to make some concerted efforts to develop something from the tight end position in the preseason. So, you know, look out for that. Watch watch very closely what they're doing there with the tight end position. But I don't think there's a draftable tight end on the roster right now in fantasy. No, and I would agree with you. I'm going to make it short and sweet. No draftable tight end right now, and it's sad about Hunter Henry. I hope Virgil Green steps up, but I haven't seen much of anything from him stats-wise in fantasy up to this point, which leads me to believe that I'm not rolling in that direction. Now we'll get to the 15th round of the draft, and somebody will say, Hey, Dan, who's the Chargers tight end again? Isn't it Hunter Henry? Why didn't anybody take him? Well, that's where we stand. Virgil Green. So they... might have to call up Antonio Gates and say, Antonio, I know you just turned 82 now, but we love you to pieces. We're so sorry we let you go. Will you come back to us? Mercedes Lewis, how about that phone call? Why not that one? He had a couple years left in him. He's a serviceable guy. He can make it happen. He's got a good quarterback in Phillip Rivers. I'm just saying. We'll take a step aside here for a fast break, and we'll do the other half of the AFC West, getting you ready team by team for fantasy football, team by team, position by position. AFC West today. We'll be back in a moment. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is pen and trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. 
the Fantasy Football Power Hour here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We do it every Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Why do we move it to Thursday? Because now we can give you Thursday night football. You got an extra day to listen in. You got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to help you all the way through for your fantasy during the season. And out of season, we're getting you ready. We're getting you pumped. We're getting you excited. The NFL never leaves the media. And not because of kneeling. And not because of the new national anthem policy. And not because you're still trying to figure out who's actually going to get suspended and who's not getting suspended. And will Colin Kaepernick ever have a job again? But because of the stories of the teams that are working diligently, 32 franchises every single day, knowing that there's no days off, trying to make their team better. Dare I say it, Cleveland doing a lot of work to make their team better. And we discussed them a couple weeks ago. I'm here with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, and we're with you every single week of the blessed year talking about the NFL because the NFL is always, 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 always on. There's always something going on inside of the NFL. And we are speaking on tight ends. Who's available out there? Kobe Fleener, he was supposed to be a number one guy. He doesn't have a job right now. Martellus Bennett used to be a number one guy. Nothing. Julius Thomas, I thought, did Jacksonville misuse him? Well, we'll see in his one season with Miami. And what we saw there was, obviously, no misuse. He just had a really good time with Peyton Manning. And then after Peyton Manning, everything dropped off. So Julius Thomas, two different franchises since then. Nothing to write home about. Antonio Gates still out there. Brent Selleck is out there. Anthony Fasano. Fasano. Mikel Rivera, who came to the Jaguars, was hurt and did absolutely nothing on their run to almost make it to the Super Bowl. Clay Harbor also spent some time with Jacksonville in the past. He is out there. John Phillips, Brandon Williams, Jeff Cumberland, Chris Gregg, Ifani Moma, and Wes Saxton all out there right now. And I mentioned Mercedes Lewis. He is joining Jimmy Graham in Green Bay and has a job there. So it's just there slim pickings out here, Mike. But these names used to used to be something in the NFL. I mean, Kobe Fleener, Martellus Bennett, Julius Thomas, Antonio Gates, Brent Selleck, Anthony Fasano, Mikel Rivera. All of these guys at some point in their career were a number one tight end in the NFL. Well, one thing's for sure in the NFL. One thing is constant, and that's change. If you can count on one thing, it's always going to be an eternal youth movement. It's always going to be, you know, the new flashier thing, the new shinier thing. You know, every every kid likes his toys, but Christmas comes and a new toy comes in. That's the thing the kid wants to play with. So, you know, there's going to be somebody newer. There's going to be somebody faster. There's going to be somebody cheaper because they're newer. Um, you know, it's it just it's the dynamics of the league. You know, the average tenure of an NFL player is somewhere between three and five years. So in order for you to be a guy who's been around like some of these names are, some of these guys have already, you know, overstayed their welcome, if you would. So some of these guys through situations, through uh, injuries, through just showing up. I mean, I could pick out a – there's a guy in the league right now. I'm surprised he's playing tight end anymore, and that's Eric Ebron. Well, he showed up at the right place at the right time. He's in Indianapolis now after not doing much in Detroit. And he's the number one tight end there. You know, and and it takes, you know, they say a lot of success. The number one thing you have to do to be successful is show up. And that's what he did. So some of these guys have been showing up for years, and now somebody else is showing up in their place. That's all. 
And that's the thing. And it's funny that you bring up Eric Ebron because the Colts tried out Kobe Fleener and that didn't work out. And pardon me, my, I'm telling you this allergy pollen season. It is the summer solstice. It is June 21st summer. Please take away this pollen nasty from my lungs. Just take it away. I love, I, I love, love flowers. I love honey. Bees, you're cool as long as you don't sting me and leave me alone. But I'm telling you right now, I'm done with the pollen up here. It is by far the worst season that I've ever had in my entire life. And I don't have Eric Ebron on my team. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to. So Eric Ebron, you know, let's give him a chance. Let's see what he could do. I don't expect much of anything. And I mean, it's funny how Detroit, Brandon Pettigrew, Eric Ebron, then you look at the Colts. Now they have Ebron. They had Kobe Fleener. Some of these teams just are not <clears throat> making the moves that end up paying off dividends at this position. So we'll see. I mean, there's not a ton of phenomenal tight ends that are out there. There is a very select few, and that's why it's really hard to draft them. And that's why when people start drafting them in the first round, other people start freaking out because they don't know if they're going to be able to get the guy that they want because or get a good tight end at all because of the slim pickings. Heading off from tight end to the quarterback that's thrown to him, Mike, Derek Carr, EJ Manuel, Connor Cook, they're all in Oakland with John Gruden's return to the NFL as a head coach. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, I like Gruden. I, I think that he's going to do a lot for that team. I think that uh, he's going to bring the mental edge to Oakland that they've been lacking. You know, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. I don't. I don't know that they're ready to do something this year. They may be in a wait for nineteen stage. Uh, you know, I hate to say that. I know the Razor fans are probably cringing hearing that, but you know, Gruden had a ten year break. So, you know, I'm sure he's refreshed and ready to go. However, you know, it takes more than just, uh, you know, a great attitude. You do have to have some talent, some athleticism. Uh, that has to translate, and you have to execute on the field. So, you know, I think that Oakland can go far under Gruden, but it's going to take time. I don't think they're going to immediately impact, you know, like, like people think. I think Derek Carr is going to have a – you know, a subpar year. I, I'm worried about Amari Cooper. He seemed to disappear last year. I know they brought in Jordy Nelson. I know they brought in Doug Martin. You know, I, I, I just, I, I don't see where all the value is in Oakland right now. They really have to do something, and the West isn't going to be easy for them with that schedule. I don't, I'm not sure that they're going to do much more than, you know, a 500 record this year, but uh, Gruden's going to make an impact on them. And I think that uh, the future is going to look bright in Oakland. Yeah, you know, I think John Gruden definitely comes in there and, and makes some noise. It makes some things happen. I think that he for sure is somebody that is going to bring the spice back to Oakland, but only for a season because then they're going to Vegas. So, I mean, for me, Derek Carr, he's a serviceable guy. He's a low-end one for me as well at the quarterback situation. In my leagues, you get team quarterback, and E.J. Manuel and Connor Cook are nothing to write home about as of right now. I'm still holding out some hope for Connor Cook, and we'll see from there. But if Derek, I mean, if Derek Carr stays healthy, I think that with the wide receivers he has, he's going to have some fun this year potentially. I don't see the team being astronomically great. I think maybe 7-9, and nine, but I do think Derek Carr is a low-end quarterback one. Running backs. Marshawn Lynch, I'm surprised that he didn't 
run the heck out of Oakland when he saw John Gruden coming because John Gruden does not put up with BS and Marshawn Lynch loves to be a lightning rod for all the wrong reasons. Marshawn Lynch, Doug Martin, Jalen Richard, and DeAndre Washington. Thoughts on the backfield of Oakland for fantasy? Yeah, I think it's going to be mired in mediocrity in that committee situation. I think they're going to be you know, still trying to search and find out how they're going to divvy up the ball. I think it's pretty obvious. I think Marshawn Lynch is your hammer, and, you know, Doug Martin's that scat-type guy. You know, Doug Martin has fallen off quite a bit from where he was. He had some scandalous times here in Florida, in Tampa. And, you know, the the whole thing of it is is familiarity. The whole thing of it is is confidence. The whole thing of it is is, making sure you know where and what everybody is doing all the way around you. And it, it just seems like Oakland just always won off. Like they're just missing it. And, you know, for, for a guy like Derek Carr, I think it's going to take a lot for him to step up without some of the newer, younger, shinier toys in the toy chest there. You know, you got a Marshawn Lynch, but he's up there in age. He's long in the tooth. Doug Martin, I think his better days are behind him. So you know, Jalen Richard looked pretty nice last year, at, at, you know, at his, at his spot times. But, you know, I don't think they can dedicate themselves to running the ball. I think they're going to have to spread the ball around to their receivers. And, you know, I know Carr's been capable of doing that. And Carr's a very capable quarterback. But I just don't know if he has, you know, dynamic weapons around him. And that starts with the run game. I'm not as sold on the, on the run game in Oakland. You know, you take a Marshawn Lynch, he's – He's somewhere in the in the mid twenties on my running back ranking, and Doug Martin's way down the list from that as well. So, I think they need to develop that strong running game. They picked up a, a, a an outstanding tackle in a in a Colton Miller in the middle of the first round out of UCLA, but you know his his fortitude has come into question. Like, here's a guy who's had some spotty starts. They're not sure if he's going to be able to stay on the field because he's he's been injured quite a bit. So this is a situation in Oakland where it's wait and see. And if you're an Oakland fan, I would just tell you, be patient. And I don't think it's going to happen for you this year. I think you're waiting on 19. Yeah, you know, for me, looking at the situation, I don't like the fact that Marshawn Lynch is the top guy on the depth chart right now. Doug Martin has, has consistently underperformed when he was with Tampa. I couldn't believe that they gave him a five-year extension, a, a new five-year contract. And I, I I was like, what What are you thinking, Tampa? It's not worth it. I mean, this is a guy who has multiple times got himself suspended from the league. He's not consistent. He's not a number one guy. And they gave him a five-year contract. I balked at that. I thought it was insane. And then apparently Tampa maybe was listening to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. Because after they gave it to him, a year after he got it, they shipped him off to Oakland. So, I mean, they let him go. It was, hey, see you later. Have a great time. You know, we'll figure out what we got to figure out. So, I don't I don't trust in Doug Martin. I don't trust in Marshawn Lynch. DeAndre Washington and Jalen Rashard, out of anybody on this, I would look to them. But the inconsistency of running the ball in Oakland has been a problem. I do think that John Gruden being an, an old-time coach, old-time feels, and, and loves that, you know, hitting you in the trenches, that he would want to change this. So I'll be interested to see what happens, and can he make Marshawn Lynch focus again? But 
Nobody feels good to me. If you draft a Raiders running back before I get to him, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Amari Cooper, Jordan Nelson, Martavis Bryant, Seth Roberts, Ryan Switzer, Dwayne Harris, to name the wide receivers on, and that's not even all of them, on the Raiders right now. Amari Cooper, obviously the number one guy. Crabtree is is gone. Jordy Nelson is on the team now from Green Bay. He was a steal here as a free agent. Martavis Bryant was involved in a trade from Pitt. He's got to keep himself out of trouble because I know that John Gruden's not going to deal with that. And then an undrafted free agent, Seth Roberts, he is on the team still. And then Ryan Switzer, a trade with Dallas, brings him over to the team who is a return specialist who I interviewed when he was with the North Carolina Tar Heels. And Dwayne Harris, who spent time with the Cowboys, then with the Giants, but got hurt last year, so barely played. All these guys are on the team right now. Thoughts about the receiving core that Derek Carr has for fantasy? Yeah, Amari Cooper was a big letdown last year. You know, a lot of people thought that he was going to, you know, pick things up a bit, and he just he just did, and he's, he's been waning here. And they bring in a Jordy Nelson who's got some age on him, but, you know, I think he's still capable of getting things done. I, I think that it's going to open things up for Derek Carr a bit, and I, I'm worried about Martavius Bryant, though. You know, with the with the recent allegations, and you know, he may be facing suspension or worse coming around the corner yet. So we'll have to wait and see there. Ryan Switzer's got some wheels on him, though. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot, so these guys may put up some numbers, garbage time numbers, if you would, but they still count in fantasy, and that's a good thing. So. I think that you're going to get some reliability there. I don't think you're going to you're going to dominate anybody in your league by having the core receivers from Oakland. I think Amari Cooper is still going to be okay getting those garbage time points. So I think he's going to be a top end wide receiver too. I think that Jordy Nelson falls off there a bit. I think he's more like a, a wide receiver three or four maybe, um, depending on how deep your league is. And you know if you're in a if you're in a dynasty situation, you know Ryan Switzer may be a guy in the in the long run here. But I think you just a wait and see type situation. A tight end, uh, Jared Cook, you know could do something. But you know again, it's Oakland. You just never know. So I think Oakland is in a is in a precarious situation. They they're going to struggle to go 500. They're going to get some garbage time points with the receivers and and the quarterback. So you could do worse, but you could do a lot better than Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson. Yeah, you know, I, I think that now that there's more weapons for him, I think that this could help the man out, speaking on Derek Carr. So I do like that Jordy Nelson's here, but he's got to stay healthy. You know, Amari Cooper's been inconsistent. Martavis Bryant has just been a problem. If he did what he was supposed to do, he was going to be the number two guy for Antonio Brown for his entire career at Pittsburgh, arguably. And that just didn't work out. So, you know, Switzer, fantasy-wise, I'm not putting a ton into him. Maybe Oakland special teams, defense and special teams. If you get that team defense and special teams like you do in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, then, you know, that's something to look at where you would get Switzer in a way. But I like Jordy Nelson, Amari Cooper, probably going to drop, I mean, not probably, I would expect him to dip. Some people are going to pick him up for namesake, but, uh, you know, he is inconsistent. And Michael Crabtree, if Michael Crabtree had been, uh, if Michael Crabtree had been a, a little more consistent and not gotten himself kicked out of a game in the first quarter, 
you know, we're looking at the guy that would have definitely overtaken Amari Cooper because he was on pace of doing so. So I like Jordy. I don't like him to be a number one. I don't like Amari to be one of the guys that you're leaning on either, and they don't have Crabtree anymore, who is their best option. The next one that I want to get to in the final team of the AFC West before we round out today's Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza, the home of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge Leagues, and of course the the drafts that are connected to those leagues that we do live on site, on location. Kansas City's the final team. I saved the best for last, in my opinion, as far as talent goes. We're going to start things off with Pat Mahomes, Chad Henney, and Matt McGloin. Chad Henney used to be a starting quarterback in Jacksonville and Miami. Matt McGloin used to be a starter in Oakland. And Pat Mahomes has never been a starter. Thoughts on this one, Mike? Yeah, well, it's Patrick Mahomes' team. It's, it's his job to lose. You know, this is why they, they brought him in. It's why they drafted him. This is why this is why we're at where we're at right now. They believe in Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, I got to believe in the weapons they have around him. I think they've done an outstanding job of putting a team around him. And to show you what an outstanding job they did, they didn't draft any more offensive players this year. They went all defense in their draft in Kansas City, mostly interior linemen, you know, defensive tackle type guys. So this is a team who feels good about where they're at offensively. They feel like they have the right tools in place, and it's Patrick Mahomes' time to to make it happen. Now, I've heard he's had some struggles here, you know, this offseason, but, you know, that's going to happen. He's a young quarterback, and young quarterbacks take time. He had a year on the bench, and this is an opportunity for him to step in, you know, with some more clarity. You know, being able to watch and observe first is everything before, you know, you're able to get out there and do something. This is a guy who can get it done. This is a guy who they feel good about. This is a guy who, well, you know, they added some weapons in like a, a veteran guy as well, and a Sammy Watkins. So they're going to do everything they can do to continue that continuity in Kansas City and let him develop. So there's going to be some moments where, you know, his aggression, his creativity, his confidence to cross the line into recklessness is going to is going to come through. Alex Smith was, you know, essentially the number four fantasy quarterback last year. So they had an okay situation, but I thought Alex Smith was mediocre at times, and I thought it was the weapons around him. So, you know, I think the upside with Mahomes is because of that personnel, because of the system continuity, this is going to be an outstanding situation for a young quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes has the future looking bright for him. If he can just keep himself in check and keep the team focused, keep them moving. And, you know, the, I've said it time and time again, the job of the quarterback is to make first downs. He can be a manageable quarterback and they can go in with a winning record this year. Yeah, you know, I think that Pat Mahomes, to give him this job as quickly as they gave it to him, I kind of, I expected him in his second season in the NFL to be here. I expected that to be the case. So I didn't necessarily think that they were going to ship off Alex Smith and get a ton of money for him, but, you know, it just kind of worked out. And and Pat Mahomes is going to have to show himself. I mean, this is baptism by fire. And he's going to be put in this situation. So as far as who he could be, right now I would say you could get him as a backup. 
and give him an opportunity, put him out there as a backup on your team because you don't know exactly what he's going to be. I wouldn't call him a number one. He does have the capability. There is the upside of him becoming a, a number one quarterback for you inside of your fantasy football roster. But as of right now, I would temper your expectations a little bit. I would make him your number two guy, and I would see where he goes from here. But he is a draftable player, in my opinion, at the quarterback position. He's got a lot of weapons. Running backs, Kareem Hunt, Spencer Ware, who stepped it up last year, Kerwin Williams, who is a free agent out of Arizona from Utah State, Damian Williams on the team, and Sharkandrick West, who's at the bottom of this thing. Thoughts on the running backs in Kansas City? Well, you know, it wasn't but a year ago. Spencer Ware was the guy. We were going into preseason talking about how great Spencer Ware is going to be in Kansas City. And sure enough, he gets hurt, and Kareem Hunt explodes on the scene. And, well, it's the Kareem Hunt show, and, and rightfully so. And you know what Kareem Hunt did this year in the offseason? He worked on his receiving skills, which is going to make him even that much better of a receiver as well. So this guy has got blazing speed. This guy can definitely get it done for you. He's number eight running back on my redraft board. I think you're going to do fine with Kareem Hunt. Look out for some spot duty from Spencer Ware. I think Kendrick West days are, are numbered. I think he's he was there. He was an injury stopgap for a time. Damian Williams, Kerwin Williams, same thing. The younger, you know, less expensive guys are going to be the ones that stick around. So, you know, I, I, there may be a cap casualty here for one of these one of these running backs, but I think. All of them have the potential to make the roster, but Kareem Hunt's the class of the of the bunch, and you know I, I would be happy to have Kareem Hunt as my, one of my running backs. Yeah, I mean Kareem Hunt. I mean you just look at look at his. I mean we'll talk about this as we continue on with Collective Corner every Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. When I sit down with John Newman of Newman Sports Cards and we discuss how just how crazy it is you know when it comes to Kareem Hunt's cards and people buying up his cards with jersey relics the autograph the autograph jersey relic his rookie cards people are definitely buying into Kareem Kareem Hunt after his rookie season last season and what he did and I mean with Leonard Fournette doing as well as Leonard did Kareem still steps up in this thing and Kareem was not drafted in the first round so I give Kareem Hunt a lot of credit for what he has done up to this point. I like Kareem. He's going to go early. He's going to go quick. Some people might draft him first or second in the first round because they believe in him that much. So Spencer Ware, not a bad handcuff. And Kareem Hunt, definitely, if you can get him on your roster, make sure you make it happen. Wide receiver Sammy Watkins coming over from Buffalo via LA Rams, now Kansas City. Tyreek Hill, Chris Conley, Demarcus Robinson, DeAnthony Thomas, they're all there now. They're on the roster now. Thoughts on what they have to offer at this receiver position? Yeah, I like Tariq Hill. Tariq Hill is just blazing speed. Again, Hunt and Hill, Hill and Hunt, these two guys can can make a difference in the game. These two guys can score from any position. And I like Tyreek Hill because he can do these jet sweeps, these end arounds. He can also fly. He can run a, a you know a quick go route and get right past your guy. Tyreek Hill's a number twelve receiver on my redraft list, and Sammy Watkins I think is going to have a rebirth of some sorts. I think he's going to be a bottom end wide receiver two, top end wide receiver three. 
you know, he's a veteran presence. He's a guy that can be reassuring for a young quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes, who can have the confidence that this guy's where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be there. And this is a guy who can actually help in the development of a Patrick Mahomes. So I think it's a good thing. Demarcus Robinson seems to me to be a guy that you may want to look into as in a dynasty situation. I already have him locked up in one dynasty league. You know, Chris Conley, DeAnthony Thomas, you, these guys are okay, but they're going to be also rands on this team. You know, the, the way Kansas City is going to win is by running the ball with Hunt, passing the ball to Hill and Watkins, and letting Mahomes develop slowly over time. And, and let's not forget, Kansas City is one of those teams that has the only tight end in the AFC West, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's a dominant tight end, so he's almost a receiver in my book. So, you know, I think it's going to be great for Patrick Mahomes. You know, these guys are all going to feed off each other. And let's face it, when you have multiple threats like that, not one guy is going to get double covered. Everybody's going to have the opportunity to get some. So I like the situation they have at receiver in Kansas City. Yeah, I like the fact that I think Sammy Watkins is is finally draftable again in fantasy. Tyreek Hill, the speed kills. Tyreek and Kareem working together, staying healthy. If they got a little more consistent than they were last year, massive one-two punch and a big help to a guy coming in in his red shirt freshman season is what I'm going to call it. So big ups to him. And Travis Kelsey, you're right. I mean, when you look at L.A., when you look at the Chargers, who's their tight end? When you look at Oakland, who's their tight end? When you look at Denver, who's their tight end? But Kansas City has Travis Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey is a boss. And he sometimes, before Tyreek Hill came in, Travis Kelsey was the only receiving option for Alex Smith when Alex Smith was at the helm. So I like the weapons here in Kansas City. You can't go wrong getting Pat Mahomes or team quarterback at Kansas City as your backup. Can't go wrong with Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and now you can draft Sammy Watkins. It is pretty. It is beautiful. It is fun. And this is the Fantasy Football Power Hour. Mike Sofka, as always, of HalloFameFantasyFootball.com. We appreciate your expertise. We appreciate you being here. And we hope that you get better. And when we speak to you next Thursday, you're 100% A-OK. Back up and at it again, Mike. We appreciate everything you do. Sounds like a plan, Dan. Thanks a lot. All right, take care.